This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. And welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name's Anna Hawkin. I'm your host and the ministry lead here at Parenting for Faith. This is episode 10 of season 5. And uh, we have got a very special guest later that Lucy is going to be interviewing. But I wanted to tell you first about the Babies and Toddlers Zoom course. Now, many of you know that we made some bite-sized videos um, for parents and carers of babies and toddlers. And we would love you to access those. They're available free on our website. There's takeaway sheets. Uh, You can do them in a toddler group or a church group, midweek group, whatever. Um, But we know a lot of you find it really helps for us to do all the prep and make it happen and you just to show up on Zoom. Uh, So we are running one of those this summer. Um, It's for four Tuesday evenings starting on the 13th of June. And we would love you to get a group together and book on. Now, these videos are designed to work really well for people who are just exploring faith or are new to faith, as well as keeny churchgoers and people who are really comfortable with that kind of language and and with um, helping their kids to meet and know God. So we'd really encourage you to get a group together, maybe with a mixture of those people, maybe some uh, people from your toddler groups or your community, some friends, bring them along and do it together. Um, We do have one exception to that, which is, If you are a dad or a granddad or a male foster carer, we are going to have an option to join as an individual if you are male. (laughs) Um, Because we've had some feedback that they'd really appreciate a dad's only space, a male only space. And our wonderful um, Ian Nash from the Parenting for Faith speaking team is really experienced in this. He's a dad of two under fives and he's going to facilitate a group just for you guys. So Either sign up as a dad on your own and we'll put you together with some other dads or get a group together and sign up for that and we'll pop the link in the show notes. Uh, There will be a course in the autumn. If you don't have babies and toddlers, you've got older children. um, Starting on September the 25th, we'll be doing the original course in a very similar format. So I know that's miles away, but one for your diaries just to know that is coming up as well. We are going to be talking today to Elizabeth Elmostain and... She is giving us amazing vision. Um, Sometimes it's so exciting, isn't it, to really explore the range, to see, get a bit of a window into how other people live and get ideas and inspiration. I have days like that where I just, you know, want to browse Pinterest or ask people a million questions about what they do and what it looks like. And it really shakes me up. It really excites me. And I think, okay, here are some different things I could try. Um, Yeah, it's a little bit like when you see an advert on the telly for an ooey gooey chocolate pudding. And you're like, whoa, that looks amazing. I didn't even know that I needed that. But now I've seen what's possible and what I could have. I'm really excited. And that has given me vision and excitement. And I just want to go for it. I really have new ideas for how to help my kids meet and know God. And other times, I am barely know my own name. (laughs) I don't know what kind of week you've had. I've had an absolute shocker. Um, I ended up with two children in hospital at the same time, which is a new personal best for me. We've never done that. Um, And just very extreme sleep deprivation. One of those men... um, 
anyway, the details don't matter, but I had a kid who was really ill. And uh, amazing NHS, we had an appointment with the right kind of person. And he said, look, based on all the things that I can see and, you know, what my textbook says and what my training says, I think you should be doing this, this, this. But then he did something really interesting. He turned it round and he said, but I'm not the parent. This is your child. You know her better than anyone else. And I'm going to give you some options and you're going to make the decision. And, you know, I was so humbled by that. I was so honoured because I was not in a good place. I'm pretty sure I had vomit in my hair. I'd been very slow to respond when they called my name. Uh, he even asked me if the child was allergic to anything and I said no. And he was like, uh, on her notes, it says she is. And I was like, oh yes, whoops. Um, like just not functional. And yet he could still see that as the parent of that child, I spent the most time with her. I had the most information on the situation. I've been walking this journey with her for a long time. And he trusted me to make the decision. And I just want to say, this episode is very much a show the, show the range, um, give you vision, excite you with lots of possibilities. But if you're thinking, oh my goodness, she's got six children and she's doing all those things. Um, I have literally half that number uh, or, or fewer children. And I, I just, you know, I don't even know where, where a Bible is. I can't remember the last time we mentioned Jesus. I, I'm not praying myself. I just want to say that's okay. God sees you and knows you and loves you in that as well. And you are still in the perfect position to help your kids meet and know God. You are still the expert in your own child. And when we look at Deuteronomy 6, it talks about faith being a normal, natural part of every day, not lots of extra things to add in. And I just want to say, if you're feeling that, if you have had a shocker of a week like me, you are still enough. You're doing a great job. Call out to God. Hang on. <laughs> follow your gut. Follow the Holy Spirit within you and just keep going. And you might want to listen to this now and get some ideas or you might want to just lay it down for now and come back and when you're in a slightly different place. So I just wanted to frame it with that. Um, but there is so much wisdom, so much goodness in this. So I'm going to hand over now to Lucy. Now, my to-do list is never ending, and I'm sure if you're a parent listening to this, then you can relate to that. And sometimes I fall into the trap of thinking that parenting for faith is just another thing to add to that list, something I need to remember to do along with, I don't know, getting my kids fitted for shoes or fixing my daughter's UDI to give you a random insight into my to-do list for this week. So today I'm really looking forward to chatting to someone who knows what it is to feel at capacity. She's a Londoner by origin, but has lived in France for nearly 13 years. She's a graduate of French and fine art, a wife and a mum of get this, six children. Elizabeth Elmerstein, welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. Thank you, it's really lovely to be with you today. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today, Elizabeth, because I really enjoyed your book a few years ago, and we're going to be talking about that more later. But to begin with, can you start by sharing just a little snapshot of your life? Who are you? Who is Elizabeth Elmerstein? What do you enjoy doing? What does your life look like? Well, um, two of my children were born in England and then I was six weeks pregnant with my third child when we moved to France. So four of them were born here. Um, my husband's a pastor of a little church here in France and um, so I'm quite involved in church life. Um, there's quite a large English expat community here. So I do translation into English for many services or if not, I'm often teaching Sunday school. 
Um, I'm involved in running the church youth group and um, we love having people around to try to show hospitality to um, to help people at church get to know each other. Um, I'm obviously very busy at home as well with six children. That would be what takes up the most, uh, the largest part of my time. Um, when I when I do have time, I enjoy painting and reading, although I really haven't done much painting over the last 15 years or so. I've just restarted now that my youngest is at school. My children are now aged 15 to four, so we're sort of out of the baby stage now. Um, yeah, I enjoy reading and I keep chickens. Um, and I enjoy outdoor sports as well. Um, things like sledging and uh, body surfing when there's the opportunity, wow. which doesn't come very often. <laughs> um, hiking, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, so that's me really. That sounds like about three lives crammed into one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm impressed. And you wrote a book very aptly called Survival Tips for Mums. I feel like I just yeah. want to glean your wisdom on this. Tell me about the book. How did it come about? Yeah, it came about by accident, really. Um, I never really intended to write a book, but um, when my children were very small, um, I'd researched survival tips for mums on the internet, just looking for anything that would help me, really. And although there, there were some things out there, there was nothing that was from a Christian perspective. Um, and, yeah, so I had that in the back of my mind that, that there was a gap there. That I felt there was a lot of parenting books, but nothing really aimed at helping mums. Um then when my oldest child turned 10, I decided to share 10 tips, things that had really helped me as a mum on Facebook. Um, so I shared those 10 tips and people were really positive about them and said, oh, it's great to have some practical advice and you should write a book. And I was thinking, oh, well, you can't write a book with 10 tips. <laughs> um, anyway, I began thinking and I began just writing down everything that's helped me as a mother of six. Um, well, at that point, I only had five. I was I was expecting myself. Only, only yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I began just writing tiny segments in my head. Some of them were jotted down, like, in pencil on the back of a receipt or something, and then just typed up when I had a moment. So you mustn't imagine me, like, sitting at a screen for hours. Um, <laughs> it just gradually, gradually came together. And I remember exactly where I was in our village, pushing the pushchair, when... Um, the structure, the idea of the structure of the book came to my head and, and I knew from then that it would be possible to make it into a book. Um, so I basically just tried to share everything that I've learned from personal experience, my own mistakes, you know, things learned the hard way and from um, other women, other mothers. Um, and it's divided into two sections. So the first half looks at the ways mo mothers can look after their physical, spiritual, mental and physical health so that they're equipped then to keep pouring themselves out for the good of their families and for the glory of God over the long term instead of you know getting burnt out mm -hmm. um and the second half is basically an a to z of tips and ideas yeah um, yeah quite practical the second half when I was remembering your book because it's been a few years now since I read it it was the A to Z that I remembered and I was racking my brain <laughs> for what was in the first half of the book. But thank you for reminding me because <laughs> that was such a helpful bit, actually, uh, mm. of the book, because so often we sort of, yeah, like I said, we sort of pour ourselves out for our children with nothing much going in. And I loved how you sort of focused on the different aspects of nurture as parents in order to meet the needs of our children that we look after ourselves first physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, um, and then we're in a good place for our children. And that seems to be an approach that's working for you. 
um, and hopefully something that can work for for those who read your book and and enjoy your your experience and the wisdom of of what you've um, what you've learned over the years. So, sort of focusing on the spiritual side of things, how how do you possibly just because it sounds insane to me, how do you possibly keep connected to God in the midst of such a busy life, such a busy household? Well, I think when I had very small children, it was a real challenge, something that I really struggled with. Um, now I find it easier to read my Bible or read at breakfast time, even if there's children pouring themselves cereal, you know, around <laughs> me. Um, I, and I do have quieter times during the day now that the children are at school. Um, but when I had babies, it was really difficult. And there were times when I felt really dry spiritually. You, you know, you struggle to listen to sermons because you're always in the crash or yeah. um, a child distracts you and you completely lose the thread of, you know, what the preacher's <laughs> talking about. Um, so it is really hard when you've got babies. Um, I used to try to read my Bible on, on my Kindle when I was breastfeeding. Um, I found that helpful because you don't have to hold a, a physical book or keep the page. Um, uh, now, one thing I found really helpful um, was when I sort of grasped that it's, it's about your it's about a relationship. It's not about rules. Um, God gave you those children, you know, and He's and He's with you in it. He knows how hard it is. And I love that verse in Isaiah that says, "He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young." Yeah. And God doesn't have unrealistic expect, uh, expectations for, for parents who have very small children. Um, and I think you can you can remain connected to God and pray whatever you're doing throughout the day. Um, when I remember, I like to I like to pray for my children as I'm hanging up washing, you know, so I'm hanging up football socks and I'm praying, Lord, may my son not um, make an idol of his love of football, but I pray that he will use his glyphs for your glory. That, that kind of quick wow. prayer. Um, yeah. I'm not saying I do that all the time by any means, but... Um, Sometimes when I felt really frazzled, um, I would just try to escape from the house for half an hour in the evening, just go for a walk and just prayer walks I find quite helpful, just away from the distractions. Um, and then I would try to put on Christian music just while I'm washing up or cooking, listen to podcasts, um, that kind of thing. And I think I think remaining in contact with your church family is really important as well. Yeah. Because even if you... Um, are always late for church because the baby threw up on you or something and then and then you spend most of your time in the crash I think just just making that a habit for your family is is really good because your, your children will, will learn to love being at church um mm. they will learn to love the people there and and you know there's a shoulder to cry on maybe someone will need to cry on your shoulder and just having that support and that fellowship is really important you have said so many wise things in that one answer that I don't really know what to pick out, but just I was nodding along with the whole lot of it because it just rings so true. And I think what you've said really releases me and I'm sure lots of people listening from that guilt of, ah, I should have read my Bible today. I should have done this. I should have done that. Um, that idea, I love those verses from Isaiah about um, God gently leading those who have young. It, it just speaks of a father who is kind and compassionate and wants to walk alongside us as we parent the children he's blessed us with, as you say. And yeah, what a gift that is. What a gift that is. It's so brilliant. So thank you for sharing that wisdom. And what I also found interesting was you say you you read your Bible, you know, even when the children are there throwing 
cereal around I know how that feels <laughs> sorry you probably I'm putting words into your mouth your children probably don't throw cereal around mine do but actually one thing we talk about in the parenting for faith course is creating windows into what a life led a life lived with Christ looks like and what windows are we creating if we only ever have our quiet time in nap time or when they're in bed when they're asleep at night or if we only ever go out the house to do those things if we are right there at the busy breakfast table with our Bibles open, that creates a window into what it looks like to follow Christ. Firstly, that the Bible is central to our, our faith. But secondly, that, you know, our faith is in the middle of that mess and that busyness and normal life. You know, it's, it's not something that we do separate to the normal goings on of everyday life. So I love that you shared that. And I have a great image now in my head of your kids chucking <laughs> cereal and getting together with mine one day and chucking cereal <laughs> at each other. And <laughs> um, so th- that's your faith. And you've shared so eloquently about that. Thank you. How do you parent your children for faith in a large family? So in a way, like how, how do you kind of help them stay connected to God when presumably you've got loads of different personalities and different interests amongst your six children? Yeah, our life is quite busy. We have um, introverts and extroverts, children with different uh, interests. We have some who are more sporty, some who are more artistic. Um, and so, yeah, they all are all very different. Um, as I said before, um, I think making church as a priority is really important um, because then you know that you've got that meeting to go to every week, even if the rest of the week is a bit crazy. Um, we try to make Sunday special we would often have pan au chocolat croissants for breakfast and um, maybe pancakes and then we try to do fun things with uh, other church members um, just so the children feel part of the church family we might go on walks and picnics um, you know if it's really hot in summer we might take a picnic to the lake with other church friends um, we do have some some rules about what they're not allowed to do on Sunday such as no tv or switch um, but we do try to focus more on the positive um, than on the negative. Obviously, we don't want them to find Sunday a day of restrictions and start to resent it. Um, so my my younger children, um, they appreciate watching things like the Torchlighter series, which are, which are quite good, although parental guidance needed for some of them, which can be quite scary. Um, <laughs> Bit extreme, they're, they're, aren't they? Some of those well, missionary yeah, stories. Missionaries. <laughs> so they are really good and really inspiring. But, you know, some of them had quite tragic ends. So, yep, yep. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then our older children have enjoyed watching Christian films such as um, God's Not Dead or Overcomer, um, The Case for Christ, Courageous, War Room. And we watched a really good one recently about Harriet Tubman, who was a slave um, who uh, escaped and then helped other slaves um, uh, to escape as well, uh, relying on her relationship with God for guidance. Um, So I think just being at the church just ensures that they're getting regular Sunday school teaching and they're building up that that biblical knowledge that you want them to have Um, and then we try to get our children involved as well my oldest daughter loves uh, helping at the sound desk now and my next daughter likes playing the flute uh, for the songs so trying to really make them feel part of the church and linked to that um, secondly um, getting other Christians involved in your life um, uh, I helped to start a youth group with um, our co-pastor uh, and he's just brilliant at answering the difficult questions that teenagers come out with um, things that I might not always be able to answer. So mm. um, sending the children to camp as well, uh, Christian conferences, that kind of thing. I think just hearing the gospel from other people can be really beneficial, you know, especially um, 
you know, my kids are pastors' kids, so there's always a dad preaching, you know. So it's good for yeah. them to hear. It's good for them to hear the gospel from other people sometimes. Absolutely. And hospitality, you know, is it? Um, if there's an interesting missionary come to church, you know, why not invite them round and just? I think there's lots of ways of bringing other Christian influences into your children's lives. Um, and then I think thirdly, um, keeping a try to keep a really open relationship with our children, a loving relationship. Um, I want them to know that they can ask me hard questions and talk to me about anything. Um, so, I mean, frequently I find car journeys are quite um, a good time where my, my teenagers might come out with uh, some, something that's bothering them and it's a chance just to bring some biblical truth into their situation. Um, and car journeys can be great as well because it's kind of nothing time, isn't it? So you can put on worship CDs. Uh, yeah. Love their seeds, family worship, um, Bible memory verse CDs. They're really good. Um, yeah. Seeds of faith and seeds of purpose, I think they're called. Um, they might have brought out more now, I don't know. <laughs> um, but just using those um, those lost times, in a sense. Um, and then just having a, a home atmosphere with, you can have worship music playing sometimes, and, and just, just having an atmosphere where they know that you love them and that they can talk to you about anything that's worrying them I think that's really important and we do try to have a family bible time um after our evening meals it doesn't happen every day by any meal by any means um because you know sometimes they've got different extracurricular activities happening um and we're just running around like crazy but if we are all there then we'd normally just read a short passage together and just talk about things that we could pray for as a family so we do try to do that when we can. Um, we probably manage it maybe three times a week, I'd say, three or four times a week. Um, so that's, yeah, pretty that's pretty good Pretty good going, I think. Uh, we struggle for three or four times a week in a family of four, yeah, so I think that's amazing. Week, you know, it's <laughs> like that. That's probably an average. But. Now, modern life, for whatever reason, and we could probably do a whole series of podcasts just on this, it seems to be hugely overwhelming for many parents. I don't know. Yeah, there are all sorts of reasons why why that could be. As I say, we could we, we won't go into it here. But how do you think we, especially as Christian parents, can resist some of that overwhelm? You know, what does the Bible call us to something higher? Can we find a way of peace as we parent? Yeah, um, the question of being overwhelmed. I I have often often been there um, more times than I can say to be honest. Um, I find now my children are a bit older. It's a different kind of overwhelm. It's more, more the overwhelm of um, how do I fit everything in my day and get my children into three different places this evening, that kind of thing. Yeah. Whereas when they were babies, um, it's more just the overwhelm of having everyone needing me at once and too much to do and not knowing where to begin. Um, uh, I remember after my fourth child was born once, uh, feeding her and my other children just causing complete chaos all over the house and and I felt completely out of control um all been there so, yeah and when we when we just moved to France I was thrown into an unfamiliar medical system and when my son was born I had a 17 month old who's not yet walking and a three-year-old so for about a year I just felt that there was at least one child crying all the time <laughs> and uh, uh being overwhelmed was just normal you know yeah yeah so yeah there's there are some um things that have helped me over the years to, to deal with that feeling of, of being completely overwhelmed. Um, 
So first of all, I'd say calm your insides. And, <laughs> and by that, I mean um, calm your heart before God. Um, I find it really helpful to write everything down, literally everything that's making making you feel overwhelmed. Um, even the, the really small things, just write it all down and then pour it all out to God. Um, you know, the Bible says that when we do that, uh, Philippians promises, uh, promises in Philippians that say that when we pour out our hearts, uh, God will replace our stress with his peace that transcends all understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, when Peter says, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. Or the psalmist says, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And God really is our rock. Um, I think we really do need to pour it all out on him because God has a plan for your child and it, it doesn't it doesn't all depend on you and you can rest in that. Um, I think one, one of the biggest things is entrusting your children to God, um, which then enables you to live in his grace um, because God gave you these children and, and he will help you. Um, so, so I say, write it all down, pour it all out to God. Uh, you know, just sometimes just escaping half an hour if you can, even if you've got your toddlers with you, just get out of the house and just, yeah. um, just have, have some time where you just pour it all out before him. Um, so when you've calmed your insides like that, then calm your outsides. Um, I find it really makes me feel more stressed when my house is a, a real mess and our house gets messy pretty quickly. Um, so just having a quick tidy up, getting everyone involved if you can. Um, just, you know, put away the toys, put the hoof around the living room and, and clear up clear up the kitchen work surfaces. And then yeah. that just gives you sort of, a calm headspace from which to then start tackling your other tasks. Um, so that's something I find helpful. Um, and then living one day at a time, um, not taking on tomorrow's burdens today, as Jesus told us. Um, you know, you might be anxious about an appointment that your your child has in three months' time or something. Um, try to just leave that in God's hands because he will give you strength for tomorrow when tomorrow arrives. You know, Jesus said each day has enough trouble of its own. Um, so it was sometimes it's not even taking one day at a time. It's taking one thing at a time, you know. All right. Yeah. Elizabeth Elliot talks very helpfully about um, just doing the next thing in times when times of grief or times when life seems really overwhelming. Just just do the next thing and you, you, you will get through the day like that. Um, so don't don't worry about tomorrow. But at the same time, I'd say you can plan for tomorrow. That's something else that I found helpful. Um, if you know that there's a birthday party or something coming up in a few weeks, um, or visitors coming to stay, you know, could you make the party bags in advance? Could you um, could you free some meals for the visitors so you don't have to cook at the last minute? So, so planning and preparing um, is is well one one way that I've really survived as a mum of six. Yeah. Um, and then I think if you know if if life is really getting you down and you do feel permanently overwhelmed I think you really do need to talk to someone your spouse or um a wise Christian friend someone who can just help you have a different perspective maybe help you to think through your priorities and if there's anything you could stop doing um in this busy season anything that you could delegate for example um so yeah that's that's what I'd say that's that's how I've survived really over the years that's really helpful. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, again, so much to think about, so much wisdom. And I think that the tidy up thing rang true for me. And I think it's probably worth saying that it's, I found it almost impossible when my children were really small 
um, it's definitely got easier as they've got bigger and more able to help. I think when my, my children were small, I just sort of accepted that the house is going to be a terrible mess all the time. But actually, there is hope, isn't there? If, we're, if you're listening to this with babies or toddlers, there is hope that one day these tiny people will grow up into slightly bigger people who will actually help you even reluctantly yeah. they will still help you <laughs> yeah. clear up a bit. my children still make just as much mess as they used to but um but yeah they are more capable of helping and now that they're all at school it's not it's not just so chaotic all the time as it was it does get easier it, does. it really does get easier um it, and school makes a massive day. difference like you say when they're out of the house for a few hours every day then yeah. that's a few hours that no one's making mess which is wonderful yeah exactly and <laughs> um, finally what would you say to someone listening to this who just feels that they have little time or capacity to nurture their child's faith you know to someone who maybe feels mm. like this is oh, it's just something else to do I've got to give them healthy meals and I've got to you know make sure that they're getting enough time outdoors and enough time away from screens and I've got to nurture their faith what would you say to that person yeah well firstly I'd say that um remember that it's God who entrusted you with these children because he knows that you're just the parent that your children need. Um, and when we look in the Bible, we see that most people felt overwhelmed when God gave them a task. Think of Moses saying, oh, I'll choose someone else. You know, I can't, I'm no good at public speaking. Why do I have to talk to Pharaoh? And God's like, well, who made your mouth? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and, and remember that just because you find it hard doesn't mean you're doing it all wrong. This mm-hmm. is something I have to constantly remind myself of. Um, it is hard being a parent, um, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's all wrong. Jesus said we have to take up our cross, you know, and then everyone in the Bible who had any type of responsibility found it hard. Um, so, yeah, maybe you're finding it hard because you're actually doing it right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then remember that um, faith and, and good habits and, and nurturing faith is, is something that's caught as well as taught. Um, I don't think you need to see it as another thing to do. I think you need to focus on cultivating your own relationship with God. And then that should just spill out into the way you are with your children. And um, I think it's important to let them see you reading your Bible, as we said before. Um, I, as I say, I used to read I used to read the Bible on my Kindle when I was feeding babies. But but more recently, I've stopped doing that because they don't know what I'm reading on my Kindle. It could just be a novel. I want them to see that I've got my Bible open. I mean, I know Jesus talked about um, praying and reading in, in secret. Um, but uh, I think it was in, in different context. He was talking to Pharisees who wanted to, you know, pray in public and, and show off. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, Deuteronomy talks about uh, impressing God's thoughts on your children, talking talking about them when you sit at sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Um, yep. So I think there is there is a a great importance, um, great importance in living out your faith in front of your children. You know, do they see you enthusiastic about going to church, or are you moaning about it? Um, do they see you um, asking for forgiveness when you've messed up and um, being willing to forgive? Um, do they see you reflecting God's unconditional love in their lives? Um, so it's all these character things that I think are really important and, and should spill out of your own relationship with God. Um, then, um, as I said before, there's um, routines that you can build um, into even the busiest of lives. Yeah. Um, you know, take, taking your family to church, mm-hmm. reading the Bible at a time that suits you with them. Um, 
I know some families read at breakfast, but our house is just completely chaotic with everyone starting school at different times yeah. in the morning. And, I'm so glad it's not just us. Yeah, no, no, it's mad in the morning. Um, uh, it just wouldn't, it just wouldn't work. But in the evening, we are together more often than not. So that's the time when we read the Bible together. But maybe it'll be bedtime. Um, and then, yeah, involving other Christians, like we said before, because um, uh that that takes the pressure off yourself having to answer all those difficult questions if you feel like you don't have the capacity you know maybe you're a new christian as a parent and you feel like you you don't know the bible that well yourself well taking up to church and and getting to know other christians can really be very helpful um and then just having a home atmosphere as i said worship music discussions in the car um using using those times when there's nothing nothing much else going on um and I say, don't don't be discouraged if you can't be consistent in something. Um, and I mean, we've we've often had ideas like, oh, we're gonna we're, once we started this this memory verse idea, right? So <laughs> the idea was that the kids would learn one memory verse a week at, at meal times, and then if they learn four in a month, then we take them to McDonald's or something. Um, and we probably managed that for like two months, and then life got busy and mad, and and we just stopped. And it's tempting to say, oh, we completely failed at that. We forgot actually they learned eight memory verses and yeah and that was really good um, absolutely yeah so even if you're not consistent with stuff over the long term it doesn't really matter um as long as you're sowing those little seeds of faith in their in your children's hearts um, and once I started the beginning with God uh bible series with my three-year-old son um yeah when he smelled the son he's he's 12 now he was three at the time um just at bedtime and we probably did like between eight and ten of those and and then we we stopped and moved on to other things and I thought oh I never finished that with him but actually I've learned to look at it a new way now and say oh it's great I, I managed to do those eight sessions with him and he you know he learned he learned some bible truths in those sessions hopefully um yeah. so just keep sowing those little seeds maintaining your own relationship with God and just having an atmosphere in which your children can speak to you about anything um, and just try and bring in a biblical perspective on things when they mm. ask you the difficult questions. Yeah. Yeah. The verse that comes to mind is, I think it's from Isaiah, but don't quote me because I don't have a Bible ready <laughs> right here to check. But um, God says, my word will not return empty. Absolutely. My word will not return void. And who mm. knows, but that those few sessions of beginning with God that you did with your son could be absolutely transformational in this walk with Jesus. We just don't know what mm. God is doing with the seeds we plant. Do we? we can't see the growth that's under the surface and you'll see the fruit one day, but who knows what nurture, which parts of what we did as parents went into that. And I think whatever we throw out, will God, God can and will do something with that, which is so encouraging. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Elizabeth, I'd love to chat for ages because this has been super inspiring, super helpful. I've got so many ideas and yeah, it's been just wonderful to talk to you. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And I just wanted to mention here, well, no, you tell us about your book. Where can we get it? How do people get hold of more Elizabeth Elmerstone wisdom? <laughs> um, it's, a, it's available on the 10 of those website. So that's the place where you can get it cheapest. Oh, that's a good tip. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Ten it's of those also, websites. It's also been translated into French recently, if you know anyone who speaks French. Um, it's called Maman et Sereine uh, in French. It's, and it's 
available from the um, Maison de la Bible um, website. So Wonderful. That's great. What an honour. So we can get it from, cheapest from the ten of those website. We can get the French yeah. version as well for any French friends or any French people who are listening. And uh, you can get it anywhere books are sold if you're not worried about the cheapest price. But we would yeah. recommend yeah. cheapest price, ten of those. <laughs> yeah. It's been so great to talk to you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Take care and God bless. Thanks very much. God bless. And as always, we like to end the podcast with a question to ask your kid this week to spark an interesting conversation. Let's ask them, what makes you feel overwhelmed? What makes you feel overwhelmed? Have a great conversation. We will be back next week uh, where we will be talking about what to do if your child hates church and doesn't want to come. And we'll also be touching on if you don't like church either. A little bit of a spoiler there. So see you next week. Have a great week. Bye. Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you.